All right, I'm today's podcast a little bit different. Um, given that my podcast is going through some kind of journey or document my um, attempt to try to make Tokyo 2020 Olympics, it seems fitting to talk to my good friend and GB International Andrew Vernon. Um, I'm gonna introduce Vernon in a way that people might relate to, and Vernon's a um 2744 Vernon. Uh, yeah, 20, well, 2742. Vernon's 2742 for 10K. Um, he's multiple medalist at European Champs. It doesn't really matter which ones. This isn't really about selling Vernon. Um, but one thing I would say is Vernon's pretty much went through this whole journey um, unsupported or unfunded by um, Great Britain. Um and so it kind of gets on my wick a little bit when I hear Irish people complaining about funding. And I know there's guys out there like Andy Vernon, who at the European Championships in Barcelona, for example, won two medals, um, one behind um, Mo Farah. Um, so, yeah, I just want to talk a bit to Vernon. He's been he's been to the Olympics. Um, he's won. He's I think his worst position at European cross country is 12th. Yeah, I think so. I think 12th, and I think he's been to pretty much about 10 or there, thereabouts. He's won medals yeah. at European Cross Country. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, his, running, or his running CV speaks for itself. Uh, most people know him in Ireland because of the Antrim Cross Country, and he's become pretty popular in Ireland because of that, and uh, following him at European Cross Countries. Or, um, but I kind of want to go back. I want to go back to about 2012. You picked up a back injury, right? Um, so in 2012, it was was that it was a stress fracture in my foot. Yeah. yeah. So you missed the Olympics. It, it actually made it. Yeah, I, I made it pretty bad actually. Um, yeah. By running Stanford on it. Yeah, Vernon. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that was another. That would be off topic, I guess, today. But that's that was a kind of issue with Great Britain that there was you had to run a certain time, but you also had to do nowadays certain races to qualify. But I remember back to a run in Bushy Park where we ran round. And I think you were actually running was a bit negative for you at this point after missing the Olympics, and you were a bit. I don't. I don't even think you were sure that you were going to keep going around that time, Vernon. Remember, like twenty twelve. Yeah. So I remember. To, yeah, twenty thirteen was actually that was the year that it was starting to to hit hard um, because I, I'd moved out of the uh, St Mary's accommodation that I was in, where I was pay, paying. Um, I think it was like three hundred pounds or two hundred fifty pounds a month rent. Um, so that was obviously very cheap for yeah. where we were living. And I moved in with my now wife, a girlfriend at, uh, at the time. And we moved into a co- accommodation that we were paying something like 11 a month, yeah. um, something like that. So outgoings were obviously pretty high. And, um, yeah, I just with injuries all through the back end of 2012. And um, like it, I actually picked up some more in 2013. And I... I, I had to make a big decision um, at one point whether I was going to just go and get a job and, you know, r- running was done or continue running and, um, like, find something that I could I could support myself with that wasn't going to get in the way of running, but it wasn't going to also be, like, no point because I wasn't earning enough money um, yeah. to, to do that. And, uh, yeah, so there was a, there was a, a hard time. I, there, there was a serious kind of... Yeah, I mean, I remember... serious talk with myself. I remember specifically, like, you're... Um, for a couple of people might know Andrew's wife, um, now Tasha Vernon, but 
Tash is probably Andy's biggest fan and has always followed him, has gone to races abroad. And I even remember Tash unsure about what to tell you what to do and your family unsure to tell you what to do because no matter how amazing this sport is, bills are real, you know? Like, finance is real and if you can't afford it. So you ended up getting a bit of a job, Vernon. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, it was. I kind of just fell into it. Really, I, I was. I applied for lots of different things, and one of them was um, like nannying. Uh, we just literally look after some children after school between the hours of um, like three fifteen uh, when they finished school up until seven pm um, when the parents came home. And um, initially, I was kind of thinking I'll do it for three days. Um, three days a week and I, I I found a family that were very happy with me and yeah. um, I was happy with them they had three great kids and then another co- another family contacted me and said oh they they wanted like I think they just really liked me they like they they liked the fact that I was um I was doing sport and I was doing something at, at a high level and I was kind of chasing my dreams and and doing this to trying to, to try to keep my dream alive yeah and I think they thought that would like that would rub off well on on their kids and um they they probably at the time wanted a full time like five days a week, but they were happy to just say like I could only do the Thursday and the Friday because I'd committed to this other family as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I ended up doing five days a week. Um, and yes, I had two families to work with. Both had three children. Um, and yeah, it was it it was one of those jobs that just fit very well because I could do all my all my training in the morning, um, my runs, my, my gym. And if I needed physio, I could get that all out of the way. Um, I could even like have lunch at say like one o'clock and then have a nap until, um, maybe quarter to three and then just get myself ready and, and walk to the school. And, um, I lived very close to the, to the school. So it was very convenient. Yeah. And then it just meant that I had to do, um, an evening run a little bit later. Um, the one family I was, I kind of worked till the Thursday, Friday. I worked about six thirty, and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was about seven. Um, but you know, it's, it's not exactly really late. A lot of people get home from from work at that time anyway, or later, and still run in the evening. Yeah, um, but I still, and, I still you know, think you, that'll you, shock a lot of people. Like, I mean, a lot of people that don't know much about professional running or international running, like the fact that a European medalist has to subsidise. Um, finances just to keep his dream alive that's that's incredible yeah and, and you, you actually helped at the time quite well because you were living in Teddington and you yeah. used to hold on um, and we used to run together in the evenings yeah you bring your later, your. this so. is where you could throw in like a sponsor you, you used to wear your headlamp you know your sponsored headlamps yeah. running through Bushy Park but that was real that's what we did um, so I think yeah, that's that was, yeah. the reason I'll, I asked. I'll plug them as they did help me, Silver. Yeah. Silver headlamps I used to wear. Serious. And I mean, the reason I wanted to touch on that was just because it's not, it sounds cheesy, but it isn't all sunshine and rainbow sometimes. And, and you made it work and you, you still achieved your, your whatever, your goal and became an Olympian and like had some yeah. really good achievements in there. But you just, you made do with what you had. And um, you also, like if people heard that you were thinking about quitting, like that would wow like you were so good but yet you're still thinking about it but no I kind of all right so thanks for that now I kind of want to delve into talk to me about the conversation the Aldershot boys had with you when you first started training with Aldershot and they were they thought you weren't trying and training and you but you were able to beat them in races and just turn that into 
maybe training with me, seeing me even beating you sometimes in training and people thinking it was unreal or just just talk about your conservative approach to training and, and or maybe it's not conservative, but how then you seem to have this way of making it happen in races. Yeah, so, I mean, when, yeah, so that's true. Yeah, when I first joined Oldie Shot as a running club, um, I was coached by Nick Anderson and this was back in, 2003 i believe i was 17 mm-hmm. and um yeah up until then i i literally i hadn't taken um running too seriously um and it was actually at that point it was when i started to be coached by nick anderson that that, that was the kind of like decision that i i did want to take it seriously and um i, w- I was on a young athletes training camp um and i, I just saw lots of people turn up and they the, England, I think it was on Easter and English schools had just happened and all these yeah. kids were coming with their um, England vests and things like that and they were they were all pretty good they were a lot better than I was anyway and um, some of them were younger than me and they just competed for England in the the um, British schools international at you know the, the year below uh, I think I was just, I must have been a senior by then and you know the, these were into boys and uh, yeah they were they were beating me in training and, and things like that and I was like yeah, do you know what? I I want a piece of that. I I want to. I know I've got a bit of talent. Lots of people have told me that, but I just don't train hard enough. And and I could see by going on this camp how little I did train compared to other people. And so I changed a lot a lot in my life. Um, at the time, I, yeah, I started being coached by Nick Anderson. We went to Oldershot, and I started training with um, people who um, they wouldn't necessarily beat me in races, but they were all very very um, good runners. And you know we. It, it was one of those kind of like the Hampshire leagues. I would beat them one week, they might beat me the next week. Yeah. But when they, but when they saw me in training, it was it was quite funny because they they couldn't believe that I could beat them in races when they saw how much they used to take out of me in every single rep. Yeah. In um at, at, at the older short training camps, um the older short training nights. Sorry, and uh, it was it yeah they they literally they couldn't believe how bad I was at training and. It was. I think it was just that I didn't have, I didn't have the the speed for the shorter reps. So if we did eight hundred meter reps or, or kilometer reps, I just didn't have the raw speed at that point. I didn't have the power yeah. to keep with it. But I could grind out, uh, you know, a fifteen or sixteen minute um, six kilometer cross country race where we're yeah. going up hills and down hills and there's no recovery and it's just one long plod. I because I, I, I was quite small and I was quite light at the time, a very good power to weight ratio. Um, going up hills and going through the mud was was pretty easy for me but put me on the track against these guys over 3k and i'd get annihilated yeah put me into a rep session and you know we're, we're doing you know i don't know six times a k and then some minute reps at the end i'd get annihilated and uh yeah they yeah they they couldn't believe it um really if i was if i then go on to to you um there were yeah, so there were certainly times when we did sessions together, and I, I think the one you're referring to might be the one where we actually vid- we had Chris Hart video it. Yeah, he, he was on the bike, and and uh, this was actually only a, a few weeks before the European Cross one year. I yeah. can't remember exactly which year it was. Um, and he, at the time, you were a lot fitter than than me. Um, yeah, you had about I, I, I think was... you had two weeks to the British trial, or maybe that was a week out from the British trial, and you'd yeah, been struggling maybe. a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were doing a lap around Richmond. Yeah. Um, Either a, thresh, either a threshold run or we're working the hills. Yeah, I think we um, worked the hills. I, I think working the hills. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I did get some comments at the at the European Cross that <laughs> um, people thought that we staged yeah. the uh, staged the video to make yeah. it look like I wasn't in very good shape, and it was just 
it's, it's just the way that it was. I mean, I, 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 I can gain fitness very quickly over a, a short period of time. Um, and yeah, and that, I know, yeah, I know you're, that's you're, you're pretty good at just not really losing. So this, this is for everybody to hear. Um, Vernon, I, I probably ended up 200 meters ahead that day or more. But yeah, Vernon, I think, I think you're, I think you're a good minute ahead. But of me, you, over, but you, over seven miles. Vernon doesn't let emotions come into it. He doesn't get hot and bothered. He, he probably doubled that night and went out and did his long run the next day and. A week or two later, made the team, and two weeks after that, was probably pretty successful at the European Champs. and And I've noticed that pattern with Vernon a lot. Just deals with whatever's going on, and doesn't mind if he needs to be a bit a bit slower one day, or certainly doesn't get caught up in chasing other people's fitness if they're fitter than him at the time. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, so no, I that, I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit. I remember you telling about Aldershot. Um, one of the one of the other things I wanted to talk about was your nutrition. Um, I'm going to tell a story about Cardiff Cross Country, probably 2000 and either 2010 or 2011, somewhere back then, night before the race. I, I mean, I was I used to just idle Vernon, so I copied everything he did. Um, Vernon had shredded wheat. I bought shredded wheat and I had shredded wheat. Um, anyway, we're the night before the Cardiff Cross Country. This is a 10K cross country. And Vernon says to me, do you want to order a pizza as well as your bowl of pasta? And and like I said, what Vernon did, I did. And so, yeah, we shared a pizza and we had our own big bowl of pasta. And this is for a 10K cross country. Like, I might have a bowl of soup now. Like, it, this was this was heavy eating. Um, and, and just talk about that, Vernon. Like, you're certainly not the lightest runner in the world. You're strong. But you, your, your sort of relationship with food is just pure fuel and, and not get hurt, not take any risks, probably. Um, eat enough, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I just, yeah, I just, it's not something I worry about too much. I mean, I, not that I, I eat crap. I mean, telling people I eat pizza the night before a race probably isn't the best thing uh, but you do. to do. But, <laughs> I mean, but I, yeah, I, I mean, plenty of times I, I, I always used to go to, Frankie and Benny's the night yeah. before Liverpool, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I'd order some sort of um, pasta, and if there was enough people that wanted some pizza, then yeah, I'd, I'd have a few slices of pizza as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty laid back. I don't get too caught up on on the whole um, like not eating too big of portions. I, I have cut back recently. Well, not recently. Over the past few years, I, I don't eat as much as I did. When I was at uni, I certainly used to eat a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I could tell you loads of other stories about some of the stuff that um, that I used to I used to eat. Yeah. And uh, one was like a, a good fella's pizza for lunch covered in a whole tin of baked beans. That, that was my that was my lunch. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd done an 8K session in the morning, and that was about it. And, um I used to I used to do that and uh, yeah so there's there's certain things like in the ref I used to have I used to get like a past either a, either the pasta thing or or a pizza and that was like your three points but then chips and beans were aside and there were only one point out of the seven so like I used to get a whole thing of chips covered in a whole thing of beans yeah. as well as my pasta as the main it was like yeah I used to do some some really the that ref stuff. is the um, ref is Vernon's cafeteria all through university. You got a yeah. point system of free food, um, but yeah, no, you're yeah, certainly seven, not. Seven you're certainly not against eating. Um, I also want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> this is maybe when your eating started to change, but talk about 
we're at Great South Run and you need to wait before you can have your dessert because there's a spy who might report back to you <laughs> who might report back to your coach. <laughs> yeah, there was some point some people uh that were rename name uh, well yeah, remain nameless, but yeah. uh yeah. I, I wouldn't wouldn't be sure if uh if it would get back to to Nick. This nah. is Nick Bedo at the time. So yeah, uh, yeah sometimes I yeah. I'd Nick wait. probably thought Vernon could have lost a few pounds. <laughs> yeah, I think he definitely did. Yeah. I mean, that, that being said, he also used to, uh, he, he would ultimately openly say that I was probably one of the leanest. Uh, even yeah. though I carried more muscle, I was actually probably one of the leanest. You're the, always, you're probably always sub, sub 4% body fat, right? Yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah, around, around the 5%. But you love mark, biscuits, um, yeah. tea and biscuits. Yeah. So, yeah, biscuits is probably my biggest downfall. Tell me, um, how many British titles have you won cross country track? Do you know? Uh, um, upwards of twenty. Is yeah, it's got to be near the thirties. I'd yeah. Like, if you include some, because some are just England. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if you include England ones as well, I'd say it's definitely in the thirties. But if you're counting just British ones, yeah, it'd be it'd be in the twenties. Yeah, how many British European titles? medals? Uh, individual. I've got one, two, three, four, six. Six. Um, never, never won a gold though. That's that's no. one annoying thing. I've I've not won a gold medal yet. Um, yeah, I've got three silvers and three bronzes. Well, I think um, if you were Irish, you'd be on probably podium funding, which is probably quite a lot over forty thousand a year, at least. Um, yeah. So that's a shame. Do that for ten. Do that for ten years, and you'd be all right. <laughs> you wouldn't be yeah, working I'd as have, a. I'd, I'd have my. I'd you wouldn't have be a nice working as a Um. So basically, what I what. Well, Give if you let's go for about there's another two minutes here until twenty minutes. Why don't you you talk a bit just about like I don't know any advice you would give to whether it's juniors, amateur runners. Just I mean I I think a lot of your success is your really knowledgeable brain when you're racing and what your body can and can't do. But then that translates into training obviously too. But what what advice would you give to people? Um, just, just not necessarily trying to make it as a runner. Some are, but maybe just enjoying running or um, just little bits of advice. Yeah. So, first of all, I, I would say you have to enjoy it. Um, if you don't, if you don't enjoy it, then it's it's a lot harder to do. Um, I, I must say, as as I'm getting older, I, I think I did used to enjoy it a lot more than I do now. Um, but that's because, at, like, I I just run with like my body's just a little bit older so things are a bit harder to do now um i can't beat my body up and i can't do i think what it is is that i know that i can't do some of the things that i want to do yeah. and um like I, can't, I i used to be able to just throw my throw my body at anything and you know when i was 25 26 i could whatever whatever i was set i could just go and do and i i would nine times out of ten i'd nail it and i'd be fine the next day but it's um like now i just have to i do have to hold myself back with certain certain things and i know that some things are uh, a little bit harder than than others so i mean that's again like you say knowing my body and yeah. i do know my body relatively well i, yeah. I am struggling with a, a couple of injuries right now but yeah. um you know that, that's part and parcel of of running so you know make sure you are enjoying it um listen to your body and pay attention to those niggles that seem like they're a little bit more than a niggle i mean plenty of times i have run on what i know is an injury and i've just been a bit greedy and i've tried to take too much of the 
too much of a bite and uh you know it's it's actually come back and bit me in the ass so i kind of want to defend um, you there because i don't think greedy i think it's you've needed financial you've needed finance and so yeah a lot of the decisions you've had to make is i need the cross-country bonus from birmingham cross-country in the series and so i don't i wouldn't necessarily say greed sometimes you've been forced into certain um, yeah, scenarios. Yeah, that's, yeah that's true a lot of time yeah i mean if I could afford not to race so often, I I probably wouldn't. I do enjoy racing, but um, ultimately that's how I like half my yearly wages, yeah. if you like, is made up from racing. And if I don't race, then I I just don't earn enough to yeah um you know support the lifestyle that I have. Not that it's lucrative, but I mean um I mean I I, I have got a mortgage. I even I remember I remember running through Bushy Park when you had just won your medals at Europeans and you had you were, were worried about your foot, I think it was, or maybe it was the hamstring at the time, and you had to go to Hengelo for a race and a couple of other races, and, and it was just the financial appeal, like it was kind of a necessity. And I think that's something Americans don't always have to do because contracts are a bit bigger over here. and um, But yeah, that's... Yeah, that's so my, yeah. So yeah, my my base salary just isn't isn't enough. No. Even with I, I do a bit of online coaching now as well to supplement it. Yeah. Even with that, it's and my base salary from um, on my sponsor is still not enough to. I I, I can't um, I can't afford to go six months without racing. It's uh, it's just not Unbelievable, enough yeah. income. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I do have to race to uh, um, to earn a earn like enough to actually keep myself going. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I can't. I can't warrant running. I, I, I would rather just go and get a job and not have that stress, if you like. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Look, that's Andy Vernon. You can. Um, do you want to tell them your Twitter and Instagram, Vernon? Um, I don't even. Uh, <laughs> they can search. They can. You can search uh, Vernon, and I'll put the yeah. his handles in the description. Um, and like like Vernon just touched on there, I. I sort of totally forgot. Vernon also does some online coaching. Do you have do you have spaces at the minute, Vernon? Yeah, um, yeah. I've got a. I've still got a few more. You should. You should say spaces. like all the all the PTs do. I, I've only five spaces left. Filling up quickly though. Yeah. Apply I, now. I, I mean, I generally. Um, well, genuinely, I. Uh, yeah, the, the reason why I, I wouldn't take on that many just because I. I don't want it to. I needed to supplement my running, not yeah. overtake my running and become. Yeah, and you also um, take about yeah. forty hours with each client, so that's probably why. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, look, I'll, thank I'll you, Bruzy. Good service. All right, no worries. Okay. Cheers.